not to mention around the scripture reading plan, you can actually grab one of these sheets out there in the commons, and it's got the whole plan on there, so you don't, if the whole Bible app uh, intimidates you, just grab one of these, and it has the whole plan on there that we're going to be going through uh, as a church. All right. It just got a lot quieter in here. <laughs> awesome. Um, there's nothing more exciting and dangerous than being a 16-year-old. And uh, somewhere between the age of 12 and 15, kids begin to turn into little adults. Now, at one time, uh, they were like uh, baby eagles in a nest and just content to be close to dad and mom, content to have all their needs met, content with the fact that they were confined to live in a small space, even being okay with being put in playpens and cribs with bars on them and stuff. Uh, they just didn't care. But then like all baby eagles do, they became juvenile eagles. Dad and mom eagle went from being superheroes to being more like prison guards. Um, the nest that once seemed like the best place on earth all of a sudden seemed to be really, really cramped. And the big wide world outside of the nest just became very in inviting, intriguing, exciting. There was adventure, the unknown, um, excitement just beckoned. And before any of you old people like me go kids these days, just think back to a, set, to a moment when you were 16 and you were one of those kids, right? You were one of those baby eagles that grew up and became that, that juvenile eagle. Um, home seemed small. The world seemed overbearing. All you wanted was freedom. You wanted to just throw off the constraints to be who you wanted to be, to go wherever it is that you wanted to go, and to do whatever you wanted to do, which is why the age of 16 is both exciting and dangerous. It's because you are now given access, if you pass your driver's test, to a modern invention that will allow you to spread your wings and to fly really, really fast if you so choose. Um, a car or a truck isn't really a car or a truck to a teenager. No, it's freedom. It's freedom. They shouldn't be actually called vehicles. They should be called freedom wheels. Because they just give you freedom. I remember my first set of Freedom Wheels. Um, I've shared this with you before. was a Nissan 300ZX. Yes, I grew up in Canada, so it was a ZX, not a ZX. Um, it was fast. And behind that steering wheel, I felt powerful. I just felt free. I could do whatever I wanted, which is why being a 16-year-old is also dangerous. You see, I thought I was free to do whatever I wanted, but soon noticed that that wasn't entirely true. Um, there were laws. Where I lived, the maximum speed that I could go was 55 miles per hour. I had to drive um, six hours before the speed limit bumped up to 60 miles an hour. And so as a young teenage boy with newfound freedom, do you think I was going, okay, I'm just going to drive 55 the whole time? No chance. <laughs> Not a chance. After all, I was free to do whatever I wanted when I wanted. I actually had a friend who had a philosophy around speeding that I kind of bought into. His philosophy was, if I have to spend seven or $800 a year to go as fast as I want, he's like, I'll, I'll pay that in a heartbeat. I thought, okay, that makes sense. If freedom goes as fast as I want, means it's only going to cost me seven or $800 in speeding tickets, then yeah, here we go, no problem. I'll, I'll suck it up and do that. And so for the next several years, my life kind of looked like the Fast and the Furious, except that I was a dork growing up, so there was no girls and big parties. It was just... <laughs> Lots of fast driving. But eventually, my freedom, it started to get really expensive. 
these traffic violations piled up one on top of another. They went from being in the hundreds of dollars to literally being in the thousands of dollars. On top of that, at one point, I actually wrapped the car around a telephone pole with three other people in it. I ruined my driving record. My insurance premiums ended up costing me thousands of dollars every year. Pretty soon, I couldn't even afford a car. Ended up having to bum uh, rides from my girlfriend at the time, who must have really loved me because she ended up marrying this bum. Um, and all of a sudden, what I thought was supposed to be freedom ended up feeling like something else. It felt a lot like bondage, not being able to live the life that, that I wanted to live. And all of us in this room, on some level, want to live in freedom. We want to be free. And maybe you're here and you're a teenager, and as I'm describing what it was like for me as a teenager, you're going, yeah, yeah, that's, that's me, Rich. I get it. As soon as I get out from under dad and mom's roof, I'm, I'm out. I will be free. Or maybe an, addi an addiction has you enslaved, and you're, you've been trying to shake that porn addiction, but you can't. You've been trying to get free from drugs or from alcohol, but you can't. But, but do you ever long for freedom? You long to be free. For someone else, you're, you're maybe shackled by fear, and you're, you're hearing about all this news, and, and, and your, your social media is blowing up with memes about World War III, and you're just going, oh, man, it's going to all come to an end. You just find yourself shackled by fear. Maybe you're afraid of what 2020 is going to bring. Maybe you're afraid of something bad that might happen to your kids. Maybe you're afraid of failure, but you're just afraid, and you want to be free from all that fear. We, we long to live in freedom. For somebody else, maybe it's shame that has you in a prison. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how perfect you do in life, no matter how much you succeed, you're still left with, left with this deep-rooted sense that there is something wrong with you. And you just can't shake that. We want freedom, but for some reason, freedom can be so, so elusive, which isn't the life that we signed up for. I mean, after all, we live in the country that, that's what? We are the land of the free. A country that was founded on freedom, a place where everyone is guaranteed with some basic rights. We're guaranteed the pursuit of life, of liberty or freedom, pursuit of happiness. We're supposed to be free. And then as Christians, the, the promises of freedom are everywhere in Scripture. Last week, Eric did this, uh, just a great job preaching John 10, 10, where, where Jesus comes along and Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the what? To the full. And if life to the full doesn't include freedom, then is it, is it really life to the full? In other places, Jesus specifically names freedom as something he came to bring. And in, the, in uh, Luke, or John chapter Sorry, Luke chapter 4, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me. Listen, Jesus is saying, this is why I came. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed. What? To set the oppressed free. And then in John 8, he says it even more clearly. He says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. These are verses that that we've all heard. Even if you're here and you've never been to church before, it's, it's pretty likely that you at some point have heard these verses about freedom. And we hear them, we go, yeah, I get that, but if Jesus came to bring freedom, then why do I still feel so bound up inside? It's like this. If, if you were to, 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 to draw a, uh, have a, a, a blank sheet of paper, at the top you, you could have this, it's your, your ideal life. Like, I wanna, th this is what it looks like. My ideal life 
is free from worry, it's free from fear, it's free from, from, from addiction, free from unforgiveness, free from all the sin that entangles us. We have this ideal life that we go, this is what I, I want to live. Joy unspeakable, it's peace. It's, it's being free to love others. Not shackled by, by, by selfishness. But down here at the bottom, up here's your ideal life, but down here at the bottom is your, your real life. The life that you're, you're living, it's the one that isn't so free. And in the middle are all the things that keep us from living a life of freedom. Things that we're going to be hammering at over the next several weeks. Things like shame, things like fear, things like religion. What, religion, Rich, that keeps people enslaved? Yes, absolutely. In fact, religion keeps probably more people enslaved than just about anything else. People-pleasing keeps us enslaved. The past, sin, all these, a host of other things get in the way of freedom. However, there's, there's one thing that doesn't make the list of things that get in the way of freedom. In fact, that thing is not actually a thing. It's a person, and that's God. Contrary to what many people think and believe. In fact, for the rest of, uh, of our time together this morning, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I want us to see two things from Scripture. The first thing is this. I want us to see that you were created by God to be free. And the second thing is you have an enemy who wants to take away your freedom. You have an enemy that wants to take away that freedom that God created you to have. But let's start this morning with the first thing. You were created by God to be free. Do you know what, what God's first three words were to humanity? First three words, you are free. Um, in the book of, of the first book of the Bible, Genesis, there's, there's two accounts of the creation story. And the first account is found in Genesis 1 where um, it's kind of like the overview perspective where God creates the heavens and the earth and then he creates human life. And then um, in Genesis 2, it gets kind of more into the, the details of how God created um, human life. And in verse 7 of chapter 2, God takes um, some dust from the ground, and he forms Adam, the first human being. And then God, the Bible says, breathes the breath of life into Adam. And, and, and then in verse 15, we read that the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you are, what's the first three words? You are free. Now, in a second... We're going to read the rest of that verse because the rest of that verse is absolutely critical for us to understand what freedom really is. But let's just stop for a second right here and think about God's intentions when he created human life. He created us to be free. Don't ever let someone tell you otherwise about God. Jesus is for your freedom. He's for your freedom. And at this moment in history, after God creates human life, in this moment, humanity is totally, completely free in every single way. Free from worry, free from fear, free from hate, free from war, free from shame, guilt, free to enjoy all the pleasures that God has, has created in this incredible earth for human life to enjoy. God creates us to be free because God is for your freedom. He is for your freedom. Did you hear me this morning? God is for your freedom. He's for your freedom. There's a book in the Bible that we're going to be hanging out a lot in over this series because the whole theme of this book is freedom. It's the book in the Bible called Galatians. It's written by the Apostle Paul. And in this book, Paul writes down some God-inspired words that are incredible truth for us to hear. 
In Galatians 5.13, he says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be what? Called to be what? Called to be free. Over in the book of 1 Corinthians, he says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Not slavery, not bondage, not shackles, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God is a God of freedom. His first three words to humanity were, you are free. Now, you who know the rest of that verse in Genesis might be thinking, yeah, Adam and Eve were free, but they weren't really free. I mean, after all, God told them that they couldn't eat from a certain tree in the garden, and if they were, to, if, if, if they were really free, God would have let them eat from any tree. He would let them eat from the good ones, from the bad ones. It was kind of like your situation, Rich, with the driving. You thought you were free to do whatever you wanted to do, but you weren't really free to do whatever you wanted. If you were, you wouldn't have been given any of those speeding tickets, right? But I want you to stick with me for a second here because you need to understand something that's really, really important about freedom. Because at this point in the whole creation narrative that freedom becomes twisted and misunderstood. It's at this point um, that the enemy gets so many people to buy into his version of freedom, which always ends not in life and life to the full. It actually always ends in slavery, and it always ends in destruction. Don't ever forget, although God created you to be free, you have an enemy that wants to take away that freedom. It is just the truth. And, and in the rest of that, that passage in Genesis 2... God comes along and says, hey, you are free. And then he says, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, I want you to catch what's, what's happening here in this, 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 this story. Adam is free. He is free to eat, and he's free not just to eat from the good tree. God says, you're free to eat from any tree any tree in this garden, even from that tree over there that will kill you. You're free to eat from that tree. Adam has these two trees in front of him. He has one good, one bad. He's free to eat from either one, but God comes along and commands him, hey, stay away from that one, eat from that one over there, and bad things are going to go down. You see, another freedom that God gives humanity in this moment here is the freedom to choose. We call it what? We call it free will which at the end of the day is actually a lot deeper than whether or not we want to choose a good tree over a bad tree. It's a, it's a lot, it has a, a lot more to do with do we really trust God that he's good and that what he says is right and what he says is true and what he says is going to lead to life and life to the full. Do we really trust him or not? And, and so God gives us the freedom to choose, trust him or don't trust him. You see, here's the deal. You have the freedom to do what you want. But listen, because it's so, so important for us today, being able to do whatever you want is not freedom, contrary to what the enemy would have you believe. It's a false freedom that in the end doesn't lead to life, but leads to death. God creates us for freedom, true freedom. And in order for it to be true, life-giving freedom, it needed to have some, some parameters around it. The parameters that God put around the freedom that he gives us are not there to, to rob us and not there to destroy us. The parameters that he puts around it are to protect us. They're to make sure that, that, that we're protected. God says, hey, you're free to eat from any tree, 
but I'm going to put some boundaries around this tree over here because if you eat from this tree over here, guess what? It's going to actually cause you to die. And then the enemy, who's a liar, he comes along to deceive and says, hey, God's just out to lunch. God's actually just trying to take away your freedom. God's not really for you. God can't be trusted. He's just out to take, take all that freedom away. Don't lie. Don't gossip. No, he's just trying to take away your freedom. Obey your, 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 your dad and mom. No, just trying to take away your freedom. Asking you to forgive. No, he's just trying to, to take away your freedom. And what do we do? We, we fall for it over and over and over again. We're like, hey, yeah, I'm free. I'll eat from any tree that I want to eat from. We grab that apple, take the bite, and you know how the story ends. Sin enters the picture. Death, pain, destruction, gossip, rebellion, war, depression, on and on and on and on we can go. Imagine visiting the Grand Canyon. Anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon? Um, I've been there. It's been a long, long time since I was there. But the Grand Canyon is one of the most awe-inspiring, beautiful places on the entire planet. And, and you're free to go there and visit the Grand Canyon. You're free to go to any one of the, the many, many lookouts that are situated around the Grand Canyon. Free to enjoy the views. But when you go, you're going to notice something at, at just about every viewpoint. These are the ones that I've ever been at. You're going to notice something at these viewpoints. Those, there's, there's guardrails. And those guardrails aren't there to rob you of freedom. They're there to do what? They're there to protect you. They're there to keep you from falling over the edge. But imagine going there and you're like, guardrails? No, nothing's going to take away my freedom. I'm free to jump over the edge if I want to jump over the edge. And so off you go and you jump over the edge of the guardrails. And consequently, you fall to the bottom and you die. Yes, you were free to choose. Yes, you practiced your freedom. And yes, you were also very, very stupid. Right? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Is it really true freedom if it ends with you dead? Not really. That's not true freedom. That's actually a false freedom. It always ends in destruction and slavery. It's, it's the husband who gets tired of the restraints of marriage and has an affair, and that kind of freedom, it, it ends in destruction, families being torn apart. It's the kid who decides, no, dad and mom have too many controlling rules around what I can and cannot do, and they, they go off, they get caught up doing drugs, wind up on the streets. It's, it's the, that, that lady who puts on a, a religious mask so they don't ever have to be honest about their fears and their doubts, and it ends up keeping them isolated and lonely and shackled by fear. It's a freedom that has to, to do only with the outside, the physical, but it's not the true freedom, freedom that has to do with the inside, the true freedom that, that Jesus came to bring. It's not the kind of freedom that leads to abundant, joy-filled life. Freedom is not the right to do what we want, but the ability to do what we ought. This is so key for you to get this morning. Freedom is not the right to do what we want, but the ability to do what we ought. True freedom always has guardrails. It's not freedom to do whatever you want. That's a false freedom. It doesn't lead to life, but it leads to, to death. But this is the true essence of freedom. True freedom is not the right to do what we want, but the ability to do what we ought, which is the exact opposite of how our country defines freedom. In America, we equate freedom to mean my rights, my ability to do whatever I want, 
my ability to make all my own decisions. One writer described freedom like this, freedom is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraints. Yeah, maybe that's the type of freedom, but that's, that's a shallow freedom compared to the kind of freedom that Jesus came to bring that has to do with, with, with your life in here. True freedom is, is, is the ability to do what we ought to do. It's going to lead to life. It's going to lead to, to life to the full. God says you are free. You're free to live however you want. Just don't do this. Don't do that because it's going to kill you. What does humanity do? We take that freedom and we turn our backs on God. And as a result, you know what happens? We become enslaved, bound up, unable to do what we ought to do. Jesus put it like this. He said, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave to sin. And you might think that you're free this morning, but apart from Christ, you're not. You are enslaved to sin, unable to do what you ought to do, unable to trust God, the one who has your best in mind more than anybody else. You are enslaved. And if you don't believe me, here's, here's another challenge for you in 2020. If you don't believe me that without Christ you're enslaved to sin, from this point on until the day you die, never sin again. Trust God wholly and completely every moment of every single day. Here's the thing, you can't. You can't. And you know it. We, without Christ, we're enslaved. And there's only one solution to our being enslaved to sin. It's Jesus. And Jesus in John 8, he goes on to say this. He says, now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Free to live the life that, that, that we're able to do, where we're able to do what we ought to do, where we can look at both trees in the garden and go, yeah, I'm free to eat both, but man, I trust Jesus, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat this one, I'm going to stay away from that one. That's true freedom. That's true freedom. That's the kind that leads to life, that leads to life to the full. That's the kind where you're, you're not bound up in sin, you're not bound up in and stuff that's going to bring destruction. You're not bound up in fear and bound up in shame. It's the kind where your life begins to bear good fruit, where your life begins to bear fruit like joy and peace and patience and goodness. It begins to grow in you. And don't you want to live this kind of life, to know this kind of freedom? I don't know where you're at this morning when it comes to freedom. Maybe you're here this morning and you're a student Listen, if you're a student, I just want you to know your, your culture that you live in bombards you with messages of, of what freedom is, and it's not the, the same kind of freedom that Jesus came to bring. Your culture that you live in says, hey, it's about you getting out. It's about you being independent. It's about you doing whatever you want, whatever you please at any moment, any time. But Jesus comes along and says, that's actually not true freedom, at least not the kind that's going lead to lead to life and life to the full. Maybe somebody else here is, is, is seeing the guardrails that God's put in place. And he's, he's put a lot of guardrails in place because he wants us to know life and life to the full. Forgive one another is a guardrail to keep you free from bitterness and unforgiveness. Honor your father and your mother. That's, an, that's another guardrail. Love him above all else. Don't let anything else get more precedent in your life than, than Jesus that's another guardrail that God puts in place for your protection, for your provision, so that you can know the life that he came to bring. Where are you at this morning? God wants you to know freedom because he came 
He came to, to set captives free. He created you to know freedom. And wherever you're at this morning, I, I just would in, implore you, exhort you to find the true freedom that means choosing God's best every day. You, God, I, I trust you. I believe you. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose what you have for me every, every single day. And I'd love to wrap up this morning by just praying for us. Can we just bow our heads, close our eyes this morning? Heavenly Father, you are so good. I thank you so much that, that, Jesus, you created us not to be bound up, not to be shackled, but, God, you created us to know the freedom that comes in you, only with you. And, Lord, I, um, God, I know that there are different ones around this room that, God, when we, we start throwing around the word freedom, um, God, they might know freedom on a physical level, but God, on a heart level, on a soul level, God, they would say, that's the last thing I know today. My life is all about shame and fear and addiction. and I just, Sin just seems to have a hold on me that I can't seem to shake. And Father, I pray this morning that, that Lord, wherever, um, God, that person is at this morning who's just bound up this morning, I pray, Jesus, that, Lord, right here in this moment, that, God, they would, they would turn to you, the one who is the great freedom bringer. God, put their faith and trust in you. And while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I just want you this morning, in this moment, to, to, to have a moment with Jesus and just have a moment of honesty before him. And maybe you're here and, and you've been trying to convince yourself that you know freedom, but, but in this moment, you, you know that deep down inside, there's, it's just, it, you're bound up. Listen, God came so that you could know freedom. Freedom. And if that's you here in this place, you're going, yeah, I'm bound up, but I want to know the freedom that Christ came to bring as your heads are bowed, Eyes closed. Put your hand up nice and high. I just would love to pray with you this morning. Anybody here? Awesome. That's a lot of you this morning. You can go ahead and put your hands down. Heavenly Father, you see each, each situation. God, you see it so intimately. God, you know each person here. God, you know their whole entire story. God, you know everything from the day they were born. God, right up until this moment right now. God, you see whatever it is that's got them enslaved. And Father, I, I pray that, Lord, right now in this moment, more than anything else, God, they would know that, that you are a God who wants them to be free. God, help them to see through the lies of the enemy. God, help them to see through the lies that would say, no, God is not for your freedom. He's actually just all about making you miserable and putting boundaries and, and, and making it difficult to experience freedom. I pray that, God, they would see right through those lies right now in this moment and understand and see you for the truth of who you are. You are a God who came to set us free. And when you set us free, we are free indeed. And Lord, you know what needs to happen in each situation. But God, I pray that, that Lord, right now, they wouldn't just see you as a God that, that wants them to be free. But Lord, I pray that, Father, in this moment, each person, man, woman, student, would, would God have the boldness and the courage to trust you. God, to put their their life in your hands to say, I'm, I'm going to stop trying to do things my way. I'm just going to trust Jesus. I'm going to trust him on this journey that I'm on of finding freedom, that kind of freedom that, that, that is a freedom of, of heart and soul. I'm going to trust Jesus in that. 
Father, I pray that, that Lord, you would, God, you'd show them, God, what, what the next step is for them, God, on that road of freedom. Father, I pray that, that Lord, we as a church, um, God, would be a people, God, that, that are, are just living testimonies of the freedom that you came to bring. God, we would be people, God, that walk in your freedom, that walk in your life, that walk in your joy, that walk in, in just the, the blessing of having a life of the, the true freedom, God, that you come to bring. Help us in this, I pray. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.